really appreciate that he counts us in for this. I know. You know I feel that, so official. That countdown, it's really good. It feels yeah. official. It's like having a director. Because <laughs> because we do. We yeah. Have one. You know, he's, and you're a diva, so you need a director. Yeah. Actually, maybe you don't need a director. Because you know I, what to I'm do. I'm more like I need a PA. <laughs> you know, somebody who's just coming in and like making sure that the green room is set exactly the way that I want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to tell Jill Patton that when, when we do the Stu Movil East conferences, I would tell her about things that I like, I would, I would give her my writer for the contract of like all the ridiculous <laughs> things that I wanted. Um, and oh, it was just, obviously it was just a joke because I wasn't actually doing anything. Right. Like, so it was just, it was just me joking with her that I'm coming up and I'll, I'll help you out with this. You know, what's upsetting. I never got to ride a golf cart. I didn't either. You didn't either? No, I ne never got on a golf cart. No. It makes you feel any better. No. Although they did have, so for the student release conference, what, like four years ago, five years ago, yeah. something like that, um, they wanted me to say mass for that like young adult or, or young teenager uh, leadership training thing. Oh, that yeah, they yeah, did. yeah. The, I, yes, I think it's the, called lead or I don't lead, know what it's, it's called. called. lead, yeah. But they, they wanted me to say mass for them one morning. I, of course, said, yes, I'll be happy to say mass for them. That was the morning that the conference was starting. Right, because they get there They early. had been there for a few days already, mm -hmm. correct. So I was going to say mass for them. And they said, just come down to the lobby of the hotel, and your ride will be there to take you over to the place where mass is happening. I'm like, Jill, this is the worst thing you could possibly do is send me a driver. And it was another <laughs> one of the volunteers. It wasn't like I was getting in some limousine or anything like that. But I said, yes, I'll be driven over to oh where I'll be saying gosh. mass. And, of course, I just couldn't help myself i had to just tease her about it, it was that's great. funny it was great. oh that's so good yeah. no and it's the it's the whole diva priest thing which i i really like to lean into because it it bugs jill what percentage really of priests are actually divas very very few of us very 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 <laughs> well, few you really are concluding yourself in that i mean <laughs> a, a little bit but really only it, i i do it more like as a joke because it's really funny to, it's so like, funny it's really really funny it's to hilarious see, to see like when you roll your eyes at some, somebody's offering you something, you're like, oh, well, I suppose I can take that. You know, it's really fun. It's really, really fun. I don't mean to be a nuisance, but if you could just like, you know, take a little bit off of that, then that'd be perfect. I'm not yeah. asking for much. It's just a little bit of a change. Right. I'm still right. very grateful for what you did, but just just change this little thing. Screw to Oh, no, screw to I keep saying that. C.S. Lewis's old chapter on that. There are, there are certain things where I found myself more and more now when people are talking about something that's going to happen or they're, they're telling me things, especially if it's related to the liturgy mm -hmm. and I'm saying mass someplace other than the parish and they come and say, we're going to do this. We're going to have this thing. I go, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and I just, I just very gently, no, 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 I'm not doing that because no. that's not part of the mass. We're going to do it this way instead. And Oh, okay. No <laughs> tambourines here. Instead of just going along with whatever, like, no, we're going to do this the right way. Yes. Too <laughs> many liturgical abuses. I've, I've gotten a little bit more blunt in my old age. You are ancient. I'm ancient of days now. Yes, you are. Ancient of days. Yeah. Yeah. So what's on your mind, Father Sam? Oh, man. Well, first of all, it's Thanksgiving week. And I'm always grateful for Thanksgiving week. No pun intended. Uh, I, okay. <laughs> a, little, a little bit intended. All right. A little bit intended. No, I like Thanksgiving week because it tends to be a shorter week. Yes. Thank goodness. In terms of actual labor required. So I don't mm -hmm. mind t like getting a couple extra days to just relax a little bit. Yeah. Um, I get to go down and see mom and dad and my brother, and my sister-in-law. So Fun. it's going to be nice to, to hang out with them a little bit. But I guess as I'm, I'm kind of like surveying the, the landscape First of all, I feel like I've been talking a ton mm. lately. 
Um, part of that is we've recorded some extra episodes of the tangent. And I've got to record cool one today. People. And we've been meeting cool people. Yeah. So cool. It people. is, it is, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, but as a result, I feel like I've just been, especially on Mondays. Monday is the talking day for me. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And so it's just been like lots and lots of, of talking. And right. I'm, I'm looking forward to a couple of days where I don't really have to talk that much. Yeah. But what I'm what I'm hoping, this is where I, mm. I gotta I gotta see where my brother's at, right? Because he and I could both just sit there and not say anything mm -hmm. for a long time. That's the best. And be rather content. That's nice. You know, but like You guys are two old men now. Well, like a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I think I, I wanna be able to talk to him. So like I I've gotta see. I can't I can't just sit there and, and be silent and then and he can't just sit there and be silent. So we've gotta like we're gonna have to engage. Which is good. It's good for Your mom's us. gonna ask you questions. Oh yeah, she'll she'll cover both of us. <laughs> without any problem yeah so my grandmother was was recently uh, in the hospital she's doing really well mm -hmm. um but in that time i discovered just how sharp she really is oh wow and the commentary the running commentary on everything she's so alert it's fantastic mm. and she's funny how old is she 94 whoa yeah graham's 94 wow she's really funny she's like constant jokes really cracking jokes left and right the whole time it was, it was amazing oh that's yeah. funny and she had some really honestly i you go to hospital sometimes and you're like, I don't know how well they're taking care of yeah. this person who I'm visiting. Mm -hmm. She was surrounded by some really outstanding doctors and nurses and physical therapists. Wow. And everything. They really took care of her. They were great. Yeah. I was, I was really very, that's, very grateful for them. That's they're awesome. very nice people. Yeah. It was good. Good. So other than that, I mean, I really have a whole lot on my mind. Uh, I'm doing a, a talk tomorrow for the uh, young adults down in the Stanford area oh, for their, their yes. theology on tap. Thank so my you. topic is going to, are you coming? Uh, no. That's okay. I, it's Stanford. I'm not offended. <laughs> it's, it's your home city. And it's, it's my the place city. that gave birth to your faith. And it did. You, you, well, I guess it kind of did. It did and it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Let's not go um, that far and give it that much credit. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm going to talk about keeping an eternal perspective in a chaotic world. I heard. So the idea that here, maybe we can just like rough draft it here. Actually, no, it's perfect because I actually wanted to talk about something like that okay. today. This well, is great. If, if we look around at the world, um, let's look outside the church. Mm -hmm. We're going to see lots of chaos in the world right now. We've got, uh, I know it's crazy. Weird. Right? We've got like Israel and Hamas and all this craziness there. We've got uh, Ukraine and Russia and that conflict. Yeah, We've got Nigeria. conflicts in so many different places. The church is being persecuted like crazy in yeah. Nigeria. The situation with China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, mm -hmm. and Wild. all of that craziness. And it's the crazy. fact that the, honestly, the, the church has not done a great job of supporting the underground church oh, in yeah. China. And the, right. the China-Vatican agreement is a real diplomatic disaster. There's those issues. Yeah. There's, there's conflicts in yeah. so many places around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so just if we're looking at the perspective of world peace, we're seeing a lot of chaos and a lot of conflict. Yeah. Then we turn our attention maybe more close to home and we're going to see, I don't know if you know this, but the political landscape in the United States of America is an absolute nightmare. You don't say. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't wow. know if you've ever noticed, but I, no, it's I just, haven't. it's a vicious hellscape and it's getting worse by the day. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we've had some craziness there. Yeah. Uh, then we can look and and see. Let's just take like uh, uh, one's personal life and any any one of us out there, 
uh, we're facing all kinds of personal challenges and difficulties and things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if we look at the, the church, if you're a faithful Catholic and you're striving to live out your faith and you're going to look at the church and you're going to see the synod on synodality, which is insanity. Um, <laughs> and then you're going to see uh, so much confusion. Well, lots of confusion and, and inconsistency, things that don't really seem to, to jive with one another and things that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Decisions being made that don't quite make sense. Or, or a lack of transparency, yeah. which might be the, the really greatest challenge facing this particular pontificate yeah. is the lack of transparency, but transparency in other things. So there, again, inconsistent transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just reading an article that pointed out that the, the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith has been has been publicizing a lot of different responses that normally go completely unnoticed. It's it's a document. It's a here's an answer to your question, mm-hmm. and it's kept it's kept private and right. not for any like secrecy or anything like that. But these have all been getting publicized recently, which is really interesting, interesting. because maybe there's a need for some some transparency some there. Clarity. Maybe there's not, but there's nevertheless now we're seeing more and more stuff getting published. But on the other on the other hand, you have these situations where there ought to be transparency and there's not. Interesting. So it's leaving a lot of questions about why isn't there more transparency about Father Marco Rutland? Why isn't there more transparency yeah. about Bishop Joseph Strickland? Right. And the things that have happened there. And on on the one hand, you have Bishop Strickland, who it would appear has been removed from office without any real reason being given right father rupnik is incarnated back into a diocese even though he is clearly guilty of sexual assault and all kinds of other terrible Mm things so you're going what the heck is going on serenity now yeah and that's why i started thinking about for this young adult night this faith on tap is that what it's called yeah, they call it faith on tap. I think theology on tap is, is it's trademarked. Copyrighted. Yeah, yeah, so we can't we can't use call it. it. Anyway, faith on tap. Faith on tap. Uh, so for this faith on mm-hmm. tap talk, what I want to what I want to do is address the idea of in all of this chaos, how do we keep an eternal perspective? Right. How do we keep our eyes focused on on God? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The world is cray cray. Well, what what I come to with all of that is actually a lot of the stuff that. I've been studying over this last year, mm-hmm. uh, leading up to my graduation. I saw you looking at my very fancy. Not just looking; you literally came and brought it. I put it right in front of you. Right so you'd in have front no of me. Exactly. He's like, "Come I'm and not, admire the thing." I'm that... not a diva priest or anything like that. No, but... no, 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 no. It's a beautiful piece of glass. Isn't it nice? With wood. <laughs> yeah, there's my there's my diploma. Where are you gonna put it? Uh. You need a mantle with Greg's picture just, right next to it. Just a mantle. And a candle. I'm just going to make a, make a mantle. Make a little mini altar. Yeah, no, what, what I want to talk about is, is actually the, like one of the, the really important things when, when we're doing mentorship with somebody. Yeah. Right? Is we don't pretend like the emotional responses and experiences that they're having aren't there. Yeah. But how often do we go, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be more charitable. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't be so upset by this. I should be more like this. So we immediately start yeah. to judge ourselves for how we're feeling about something. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You're feeling that way. Yeah. So we repress what we're actually feeling. Right. But instead of instead shoved. of like speaking to ourselves with that judgment, yeah. what if we just started with, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. And so I have my own personal feelings about what's going on. Yeah. Then we can add to that and say, let's look around and acknowledge the reality of what's happening around us, yeah. the chaos of the world, the division, the things that are pulling at our attention and the places where we then feel unmoored and unsteady because I don't know what I should believe. You right. listen to the news you, or you try to find answers to things. And honestly, we're at the point now of just 
not trusting anything because we can't no, tell. No, you can't. Right? You, you, literally, you cannot. And it's and that's very painful. It's that's a very so... painful experience to to realize what is that reality. There's... I don't know anymore. Right. <laughs> right. And I I want to be able to just say this is. I want to know the truth. Right. Right. But it's not so clear. And it's not, not so easy. No. So if that's the case, that we've got all of this stuff going on, that there's chaos, confusion, et cetera, yeah. uh, I want to be able to speak some kind of truth into that. I want to be able to find where God is present in all of yes. that. Yeah. And so this is, this is where first I just have to be able to acknowledge what's happening. Mm -hmm. Then recognizing what's going on around me, how I'm feeling about it, before I dive into the, like, what's the knee-jerk reaction today to everything? Well, it depends on who you're talking to. But like the, <laughs> the default setting for most of us is outrage. Oh, yeah. It's way easier to just like fly off the handle, get angry about something, yes. fire off a nasty email, uh, leave a, a snarky comment or a one-star rating. Uh, Listen, the, the default this... position is now outrage. This was me last week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had too much going on last week. Were you outraged? No, although I got it. Were you defaulting to outrage? No, no, no. See, there was so much happening. Were you on the receiving end of those who had defaulted to outrage? It, people had just become annoying. <laughs> that's what, it, because so much was happening. I think that's in the Bible. I think Jesus tells his disciples at, at one point, people will be annoying. He should have said that, but you know what? They, I think I think he's. I think he probably there. did tell them, but it's not written because John said not everything here was written. And I was like, okay, well, he definitely said it then. Um, but it was well. Oh, hello, Dookie. Yeah, um, so Monday, my great aunt was getting discharged from the hospital. She had debilitating migraines and is was also like partly suicidal. Oh. And so she had been in the hospital for like almost a month. I had to go take her. I thought it was going to be like a quick two hour thing turned into seven because she lives with my other two great aunts. So then I had to go take that great aunt drive her all the way down to the next day to the airport to go back to Columbia to spend the rest of her days with her kids. So it was just dealing with that situation. And the next day it was with my mom. My mom has cirrhosis. What does that look like? Taking her to her doctor's appointments, but also mental health makes it more difficult. Right. So then the next day, take my other great aunt who had fell the, the week before or that week because she broke her shoulder. And when it, and then my other aunt, this is all within like, this is all within a week. My other aunt fell who usually takes care of my great aunts, but she fell down the stairs, broke her rib and fractured her three vertebrae her lower vertebrae so it was like one thing after another and it just yeah. kind of went and i was like okay 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 well okay okay so i guess this kind of falls on me for right now because my other cousin is in mexico she can't do anything here my cousin needs to stay here with my aunt because she can't walk by herself because she's hurting and it it was literally <laughs> It was like a domino effect of That's all these things. It now this is what surprised me throughout last week. Um, and then there were some couple things, you know, when people just kind of annoy you because they're not respecting boundaries or they're not aware of the boundaries. Sure. And you're just like <laughs> yep. Yep. 
and, and it's and so it kind of ticks you off because you're already spent elsewhere. I'll give you an example though of some of a spot where like I was really proud of myself for holding a boundary recently. Mm-hmm. It was a stupid thing, really, really small, mm-hmm. but I was just really proud of myself. I'm gonna brag. Yeah. Okay. You okay? Yeah. You okay with me bragging for a second? You're the diva. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're I'm right. Just here to affirm. I'm, I want to lean into that then. Uh, no, I got I got a phone call from somebody, and they were asking a calendar question at the parish. And now I could have looked at the calendar, mm-hmm. but I said, no, I'm not going to do that because then I'm going to start running the calendar. And that's not actually, no, you do not want to do that. That's not actually what I want to do, nor is it actually good. No, like, it's actually really important that the calendar run through one central location. Mm-hmm. So I said, you're going to have to call Kathy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I just, I held that boundary. That's good. And I was really proud of myself. Yeah. 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 So just a little bragging. No. And no, it's good. Because here's what's difficult. I don't want you to be jealous of me or anything, though. No, because I held a boundary, too, and I good made job. a boundary. And I was like, Paula? What? I'm, like, learning how to become the no ninja. That's my, <laughs> that's my new thing. The no ninja? The no ninja. I've never heard that before. Yes. Is this a thing that, that's often said? I don't know, but it should be. It's like, no, 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 no. And it's okay <laughs> because I'm too much of a yes. And then, but here's what that means. It means that I get depleted more. I'm burnt out. Yeah. I have nothing really to give. And then there's no, like, there's no proper space for me to kind of, it just doesn't allow for me the space to process like what I'm actually feeling because then I just take on other things that people are thinking or like, I need help with this. I need help with this. And it's like, yeah. you know, like I'm not, I need to not do that and that's okay. And it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. So I would say that was the gift of last week. There's a lot of grace though. It was literally, I was like right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, It's, it's always got to be right before right. Thanksgiving. And then like, Oh gosh, it's, and Oh, and then on, on top of that, I have a family member who's planning on like divorcing and I'm just like, this is, the holidays just suck. <laughs> I, always, I always joke with the, the funeral directors that right around Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, everybody dies. Gosh, like they're holding out. That's where, no joke. We, yeah. You always end up with, there's always a funeral the week of Christmas. That's crazy. There's always a funeral right after New Year's. There's always a funeral like yeah. right around Thanksgiving time. We've had three in the last week. Wow. Always. It's just how it goes. It's how it goes. Yeah. But now, the in the midst of that storm, and we're sending a message to Dr. Brian, I was like, I understand now why mindfulness matters because when everything around you is chaotic god is constant right god doesn't change god is always present mm-hmm. and that was the greatest gift of last week just seeing how i reacted to that whole situation situations <laughs> okay it was a lot of stuff and i wasn't questioning god's presence i wasn't questioning God's plan. It was God was giving the grace to enter into this mess, but from a detached place, not like, not in the sense like I'm so detached that I don't care is I'm detached where it's, I can be present and I'm also present to God who's present to me. And that's the place, the place that I'm operating from totally different from last year when I had another family situation and it derailed me for like almost a week like emotionally, mentally. Um, and so the amount of healing that has happened in the last year to just be like, oh, okay, that happened. Okay. It's okay. 
it's okay. Now it still was wearing on me. Like I still had to be like, this is burning me out. This is a lot. This is, but it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't completely like ruining the way that I was functioning every day. So I mean, it's just a simple thought. Like Wednesday was a difficult time. It was the night of the Eucharistic revival that we had and taking my mom up to go see the doctor, but there was issues in the car and things that I can't control what she does, literally what she does or what she says. And it was just so heavy. And then coming back here tonight to get ready for the revival. And I thought to myself, I think if I hadn't gone through this mentorship and I hadn't gone through understanding what I needed to, to heal from, I think I would have been so affected by that morning's trip with my mom. I don't know if I would have been able to come back to the office because I would have been so emotionally all over the place. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have been so like in self possessed and self-possessed self-possessed not, not in self right possessed no, like, no, like separate word uh, no, like no, by no. the devil no it's that's not what we're talking about okay just yes, want to make sure we're yeah, gosh no possession of self and but it, it is but when you when you think about the saints and they had this ability to accept reality for what it was enter into it but with confidence in god's constant presence yeah god is there god is my father god is taking care of this situation i can and he's providing grace for that situation he's providing grace for that moment so that you can still walk into it and it's and it also feels like you know like they talk about like build up be built up in the armor of god like it feels like that too um i forgot where he talks about the armor of god in scripture um saint, saint paul. paul yeah and it just it you're constantly getting being edified by the spirit mm -hmm. and the spirit is edifying you in these situations. And so, um, it, it's such a, such a gift. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is the Christian paradox. Like all of everything can be go to shit. <laughs> Cause it literally can. You're going to get us the explicit rating. You wanted that, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, no, this is going to have to bleep stuff. No, and now we're going to have problems no, because it feels like it's not suitable for, for children now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, wait, fun fact. One time I was in mass in college and like some, it was supposed to be ship yeah. and the priest <laughs> ended up saying, <laughs> it, happens. <laughs> it happens. It's totally fine. Um, but um, because something, yeah, it's just real life. It's like, sometimes it just sucks and you yeah. just don't know what to do. But to see God's gift of just being like, I'm here. Right. Like, I'm always here. You don't have to lean on your own understanding, on your own self-sufficiency. Like, I'm your father. Yeah. I have you. And guess what? I also give you grace. Yeah. I want to go back to something you were talking about before that I thought was really a very important point. And it's, it's relating to boundaries. Mm-hmm. That these boundaries, so there's interpersonal boundaries that we have to have so mm -hmm. that we can maintain our relationships appropriately so that we can do the things that need to be done without getting sucked into a lot of dysfunction and chaos interpersonally. Yeah. But there's also, I think, a way, and this goes back to what I want to try to talk about tomorrow night when I give this talk. You're going to have to pray for me that I get this all through <laughs> and you know, get it all out there. Okay. Um, but something that I, that I want to talk about is, is the idea that we have to set boundaries for ourselves, too, with what is really something that's actually going to impact us directly. Yeah. So can we default to, to outrage and to public outrage? Yeah. So our, our default position more and more is to 
be upset about everything going on in the entire world all around us, especially things that we have absolutely no control yeah. over. And part of that's a function of our globalized society and the way that information travels and we're able to get access to things more frequently, faster. We're able to know about stuff that once upon a time we would have no idea was happening at all. Right. And what that's done is it's made us take in a, in a certain way, a very healthy, broad look at the entire world. Yeah. But in a very unhealthy way, it's taken our focus off of the stuff that's actually right in front of us. Facts. Yeah. It's taken our focus away from the things that are here and now, things that I can actually do. Yeah. And so when we get all focused on all of this stuff going on everywhere else, we forget about what's happening right in front of us. Mm -hmm. So spiritually, that means we get focused on things that we have absolutely no control over. We start to question our faith. We start to question ourselves. We start to, in, in many ways, lose sight of God present because we're looking at all of this chaos everywhere. Yeah. And we forget that God is here with us now. Literally the like eternal in now. In this place, right? Yeah. And where am I going to find Jesus? I'm going to find Jesus in the tabernacle at my parish. Yeah at this church that I'm, I'm in right now. That's where I'm going to find God. The sacraments come to me today. Yeah. I have the opportunity to go to mass and receive the living God in the Eucharist who comes to me right now. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go someplace far, far away to get that. It's mm -hmm. right here. It's local. I have the ability here in this moment to, to pray yeah. and to find God present. I can open up my Bible and there's the word of God speaking to me mm -hmm. through the scriptures. Yeah. I don't have to go and, and look in all these other wild and crazy places. The same thing happens to us when we look politically at things. We yeah. look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. We look at the federal level. Yeah. We forget that there's actually things that we can do right here locally that have nothing to do with partisan politics right. and have everything to do with trying to build up a community, <laughs> a trying to Bridgeport. make things better. Sorry. If, well, <laughs> I don't even know what my mayor is. <laughs> do you really want to have like a running commentary on, on the disaster that is the city of Bridgeport's politics? The there's fact so that much it is potential. No, there's not. There is no potential there. And there's no potential there precisely because of the political machine that runs that city. I mean, Come there's, on. There's potential for the city. The city should be a beautiful and thriving place. It should place. be a beautiful because there's so and many beautiful things. And it will not things. be so long as people think that the politicians who run that city are actually doing it for anything good. I know. Yes. Anyways. We, we need some heroes in there. We really do. And I think, oh my goodness, what great things could happen. But besides that, <laughs> when we can look locally to things and, and recognize this is what can happen if we step up, yeah. if, if we do things. Um, it happens in the church too, mm -hmm. in the life of the church. Ultramontanism is a real serious thing. So Ultramont, you know, have I talked about Ultramontanism? No, I've never heard this word. So Ultramontanism means uh, across the mountains. Oh. Right? And so it's, it's this, old, <laughs> this old habit in the life of the church to sort of refer everything to Rome. So beyond like you have the Italian peninsula, yeah. And it's basically the Italian peninsula is cut off from the rest of Europe by the by the mountains. Oh, okay. Right? So across the mountains from over the mountains. So ultramontanism is the is this reference back to all things Roman mm. uh, to overemphasize the papacy, to overemphasize the pope uh, in such a way that whatever the pope says that's it. That's the only thing that that there is instead of recognizing that the way that the church understands herself is that the church is yes, united in Rome right. and in the person of the Pope, we find this, this 
symbol, this sign, this source of unity. Right. In a very real way, Peter remains here in the life of the church, right. and he is the vicar of Christ. And right. so that's the place that we, we do have ultimate reference. Right. But everything doesn't get referred to Rome. Mm. And so the, this idea of always looking to the highest authority is very not Catholic, actually. Interesting. You look to the local authority. So mm. the idea of looking to your bishop, yeah, looking locally sense. within your own diocese, looking to your pastor, to your own parish. So instead of always kind of thinking, well, what's the Pope saying right now? That's not actually how the church has ever understood herself. But ultramontanism right. has been a tendency in the life of the church for centuries. Yeah. There's this tendency to, to always kind of look to Rome, look to the Pope, and see what he's doing, what's going on there. And that will determine how we approach lots of other things. Now, in a certain way, that can be very good when you have the Pope, like John Paul II was so inspiring, Yeah, you know, globally inspiring. He goes to Poland and he destroys communism. <laughs> no big deal. He just brought no down the deal. Soviet Union, yeah. you know, with some help from Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. But like, <laughs> he, he basically brings down global communism. Again, not like a big thing or anything, but he, <laughs> it was a thing that happened, okay? The historical record demonstrates that John Paul II went to Poland. Yeah. He supported the Solidarity Movement publicly. And within uh, within the space of a decade, it's communism incredible. was was coming apart at the seams. Yeah, it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. You can have a very dynamic figure who makes a huge difference. And there's nothing wrong with giving attention there. So mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with looking to the Pope. There's nothing wrong with looking to Rome yeah. for that for that influence. But there is something wrong. If we abdicate our responsibility to grow in holiness right here. Heck yeah. And there is something yeah. wrong if we abdicate our responsibility to govern and to live according to what the church is and teaches right here. And right. there is a problem when that focus on everything happening across the mountains, yeah. uh, or in our case, across the Atlantic, yeah. <laughs> there is a problem when our focus is always there yeah. and never on preaching the gospel here and now. Right. Because that's what you'll see. That's where the reformers in the church usually one or two people doing what they were supposed to do. And it's always local. And it's always, it's local. always local. It's, it's always, always in the local. church here. And it's always with this group. Exactly. And then that group is going to go out and proclaim the gospel. Right. And so the greatest gift that you can give to yourself is to focus on your own holiness. Yeah. And so That's all the a, Lord is asking. And so in a chaotic world, the way we, yeah. that we keep an eternal perspective that yeah. is thinking about God, thinking about God present, focusing on, on what Jesus is asking us to do, the way that we keep that, that, sense that our eyes are fixed on a prize that is much bigger than something earthly yeah. is we first we just have to acknowledge the reality mm -hmm. in front of us here's mm -hmm. here's the chaos of the world we got to acknowledge how we're feeling about it because mm -hmm. there are certain things that just get me fired up and angry and frustrated yeah, yeah. there are some things that i i wish that i could control and i just want to make i want to make it happen according to my plan and my mm -hmm. my vision mm -hmm. i got to be able to acknowledge all of that mm-hmm and then acknowledging everything that's happening, recognizing what's going on, I bring this into prayer and say, all right, Lord, show me what I can do here. Right. And right. There, there's a whole bunch of things that are out of my control. It's the prayer of John the 23rd, right? Lord, I'm going to bed. It's your oh, I love that. You take care Such of it. Such a great prayer. It's fantastic. It's a good prayer. And, you know, we, we over, I think we overuse that story. A little Do bit we? in the life of the church. I don't know if people yeah. know too much about it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just kind of this funny anecdote of John the 23rd recognizing that. I'm going to bed. Lord, it's your church. You take care of it. Yeah. Right. The, to recognize there's yeah. some things I can't do. I can't take care of. I can't make any better or I can't change. Right. Right. So Lord, you take care of it. Yeah. 
but when we can do that in this like very real, very close, very local way, mm-hmm. it's going to transform everything. It is. And it, it's a spiritual reality too. Like as I focus on my own healing, I actually heal the church. As I become a saint, like, it, oh, what is that? What's the thing? I forget where he talks about it in scripture, but like when we sin, we actually hurt the rest of the body of Christ. But when we yeah. are, when we're healed and when we, when we actually practice virtue and become and live that life of holiness, like we actually heal the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we heal the universal church. And it's just incredible that it's not, it's not always going to be out there. It's going to be within. Right. And it's going to be like, am I loving my family? Am I like growing in virtue? Am I living a life of grace united closer to the sacraments and like jesus like what do you want me what are you asking me to do today you know how do you want me to be present to you today or to love today it's but the enemy's always gonna be like "Mm, focus on this focus on that focus on that so it's actually really simple which in in that though isn't it frustrating how simple it is and how easily we miss it oh it shouldn't be that difficult but guess what it is Yes, but so it's also it's so it, hope, it, it also it's hopeful yeah, because because if you focus on all these things, you're like oh, you just you easily fall into despair and mm-hmm. hopelessness. But when you look at yourself and you're like, actually, okay, I I can do that. I can I can work on loving like the people in my life. I can work on being this vessel of grace so that others might encounter the Lord. And for myself, like okay. There's hope there. Mm-hmm. It it's different. It is, but you're you're absolutely right. There's there's a hope. There's a reality that uh, I can I can do this. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Do you know the story it? about the family that got canonized? Um, they were during World War II. They were really popular. They just, their story had just come out. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you know. I I know of. I don't know the. I can't think of the name right now. I can't think of the name. And, uh, do you don't do you know the story? No. If if we prepared a little bit for this podcast, we might be able to remember stuff when like do that. Do we ever prepare? That's a good point. We don't prepare. Enough, so <laughs> it's so much more fun that way. So anyway, famous family, uh, Polish. They were I believe, Polish. I believe okay. They were Polish, right? They could have been house, German, though. They could have been German. I, I have no idea. They could have been. Okay. Again, I can't tell you enough how they little were prepared Europe. I am to discuss this particular story that you are thinking of right now. It just made me. What's great is I know exactly what you're talking about, exactly and their story is very inspiring. So, folks, um, look up family canonized World War II, and and you'll find something. I'm sure. You'll find out if they're Polish or German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they exactly. house they has they house Jews. I think that's okay. that was part of it, but. Anyways, probably have to look into them a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, instead of talking about it, let's let's not let's belabor this point. Yeah, because we don't know anything, and I uh, can't emphasize how little we know about this topic. But <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> you know what amazes me still, and as we're as we're as we're as we're, as we're sharing testimonies in church, I think what's gonna amaze what amazes me is that God is still God is still converting. God is still raising people from the dead. God is still calling people to him. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all this, God's God's not done working. And that's really cool. So how special these revival nights are that we get to listen to somebody's testimony as a reminder that, wow, God is still working. Mm-hmm. But he's not in this like blanket sense. He is intimately involved in everybody's life, leading them deeper into conversion, deeper into healing, and 
the greatest thing that we can do right now, I guess, honestly, this is my own, my own thing. And, and you know, like I love stories. I love people being equipped to share their story mm-hmm. because it's always going to glorify the Lord. It's always going to be a reminder of like, God is, God is working. I'm like, I'm not alone. Um, and that, yeah, he is with me and he's working in my life personally. And so when, I guess when we lose sight of that, when we lose sight of like God's involvement and his, and the, the way that his fatherhood is so involved in the details of our life, it's because we're scared that we're like, we feel abandoned. Like, well, I got, it's all, it's up to me to figure this out. I need to fix this. Or I need to, I need to worry about this because who's going to worry about me. Mm-hmm. And like, when we forget God's fatherhood, we look out, we, we start getting focused and caught up on all these other things. But being able to tell the stories, being able to share the testimonies, being reflective of, of how the Lord is working in your life personally. It's like, oh, oh, he's here. He's always been here. Um, I love this line that Jesus says in, in John. He says, the father and I are working still. Hmm. It's such a beautiful line. So even when you don't see what's happening, you don't understand it. Jesus says, the father and I are working still. Yeah, it's a present reality. It's it's always yeah. it's always is and that's always really will good. be. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, <laughs> that's what I got for today. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were to rough draft your talk for tomorrow yeah, thank night. You. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll I'll work out a couple other things that I want to put in there, but yeah, I don't want the talk to go for too long either. No, but the intention is not not for a, a super long talk. So I want to leave him some time for for Q and A. I feel like, yeah. especially with some of the chaos right now, there there might need to be some space to ask questions, yeah, and then to like discuss from there. For sure, for sure, for sure, that makes it's, sense. It's hard when the church gets chaotic like this. It's hard when the world gets chaotic like this, and it's hard when both are chaotic at the same time. And that's when you know saints are coming. Yeah, no, for real. That's that's the, that's the that's, thing. that's that's like. Oh, it's tough. All right, that means saints are the, here. But here's the thing: we can't just sit there and say, "Oh, yeah, the saints will come." We are the saints. We have to be those. We saints. have to be the saints. That's the call. That's what Jesus is asking. Yeah. Right now. It's like, all right, then get holy real yeah. fast. Let's go. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. good. Call the podcast. Get holy real fast. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving, Paula. Hell, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Acción de gracias. Acción de gracias. Uh, I'm not Spanish, but yeah. Yeah. Neither am I. Just so we're clear. Just in case anybody thought could possibly have mistaken this for Spaniard. I mean, you could be. You're white, so. It's true, but not quite like Spaniard. Not Spaniard, yeah. yeah. There's, a, not Span- there's a look. There's a look. Isn't that interesting? Look. Yeah, yeah, because when I went to Colombia, I was like, oh, there's a look here. Yeah. Oh, wow, they look like my family. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's cool. It was really cool. I remember there was a yeah there's a family coming here from Spain and I hadn't met them yet. Yeah. And I saw them at mass and I was like that's them. They're yep. right there. Yeah. Like, just knew cuz there's, there's a look. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's there's, not, but you can definite... kind of you can see it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh yeah, look at that." That's cool. Great. Yeah. All right, thanks, Paula. Okay, thanks, Father. Bye.